Hi, Jacqueline. Really, really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be part of this conversation today. And I wonder, just as a kickoff, whether you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself so that we get some context in terms of who they're listening to. Well, thank you. And um, I'm Jacqueline Davis. I'm the NHS Director of Leadership, Lifelong Learning and Talent, working in the People Directorate in NHS England and Improvement. And my role includes a number of real gems in the NHS crown. Mm -hmm. Um, It includes the NHS Leadership Academy, of which I'm the MD. It includes the NHS Graduate Management Trainee Scheme. Mm -hmm. And also it includes all things to do with um, senior pay and senior appointments, um, ranging from NEDs, chairs, but also most recently um, setting up the approach um, for the integrated care systems. So that's me. Yes, that sounds quite big enough, doesn't it? It's not to be going on with. It is, yeah, you're not going to get bored. <laughs> um, which actually makes this next question even more relevant, really. So with all that in your portfolio, when asked to um, be part of this this project of podcasts, what made you think it might be useful? Well, so um, I always think, particularly when it comes to uh, LGBTQ plus and um, role models, I think it's really important that we need to be the change that we want to see. Mm-hmm. And I know if I was starting out my career, um, again, I would have liked to have listened to the lived experience of different leaders and different leadership role models. Um, I think it's important to, um, to know that we're here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also too important to know that we're not finished articles and we don't have all the answers as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and I guess, you know, you're going to be one of those people that as you end a, a kind of a statement, you're going to lead me perfectly into the next question, which I shall thank you for. Um, because the, the word that was in my mind as you were talking was authenticity. And the point about recognising a non-finished article in ourselves and yet so much learning done so far. And so the question is, why do you think authenticity is so important as a leader? So I think the answer I'll give you to this question today is very different to the one I would have given you a year ago or two years ago. And, and, And fundamentally, the answer to that question from my point of view is simply connection. Um, I think we are going to need um, trusted connections more than ever. I think we do need them more than ever, particularly after the last 18 months, particularly after COVID. I think we need to find out what we have in common. Mm -hmm. And in order to find out what we have in common and to establish those trusted connections, we really need to know who people are. We need to really know who they are and actually why they are. Um, I think what we really need to do in authenticity is get down to that really kind of simple sense of purpose. What matters to people? Uh, Why do they show up every day? What's important to them? Who matters to them? And those are the sort of questions we need to kind of start with, I think, rather than end with. And I think certainly, Amy, when I started my career um, getting on 30 years ago, actually, we didn't start with who matters to people. We started, in fact, we didn't actually even start with what matters to people. We actually started to think about how we could use people. And those days, thankfully, are far behind us. And so now as employers and as leaders and as people who lead teams, we need to know who people are and what matters to them first. And then actually we can get the team to work work well and just work uh 
you know, just come to work, basically. <laughs> so that's why authenticity matters to me. And, and I think the other thing I would say, particularly with my talent hat on, is I'm passionate about potential. Yes. And I believe if you're going to really try to unlock the potential in your team, in your organisation, you need to kind of get right back to that sense of purpose mm-hmm. and understand, you know, what really matters to people and who really matters to people in order to kind of tap in and, and connect to that potential too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree that actually human potential is almost limitless. And yet what we see in terms of our own performance isn't necessarily the same. And there's stuff that gets in the way, doesn't, isn't it? There, there's things that reduce our likelihood of fulfilling our potential. And I wonder from listening to you there about do you think that there's a, a difference in terms of authenticity for people who come from an LGBTQ plus community, is it harder? You know, what happens in that scenario? Uh, yes, I think it is. Actually, I, I think maybe you should talk to people at different career stages and certainly we should listen to people at different career stages because I think that's really important. I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s. So I grew up with Section 28. Yes. And I sort of matured into, you know, schooled in Section 28 and matured into a a workforce and into employment when it was still legal to discriminate, when it was still legal to um, treat people as different and, you know, and and taking myself back to when I I, I graduated in 1992. Mm. And um, discrimination was commonplace at, at that point in time. And so what that taught me is that uh, at a very early stage in my career is I had to hide myself. Yeah, yeah. And I had to develop a persona which mm-hmm. regulated the, the person who I was inside in a way that was acceptable to the world outside. Yes. And actually, when I meet lots of people of a similar vintage now, um, I find actually we have this in common. So mm-hmm. it's it's ironic, actually. So I, I, And I say this to all of our younger or early career listeners, because um, it, it does depend what you grew up with and, yeah. and what you thought was acceptable. And actually, a lot of the people who will be in senior leadership positions now, like myself, over 50, um, will have grown up with that silencing, with that censorship, with that sense of self-censorship, actually, in order to fit in. And um, hopefully, we've, we've kind of cracked open yeah. um, some of those issues on the way. But we, we were sort of shaped in fear. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that fear goes away easily. And I think we, we uh, again, I just go back to the sense of persona. I know a lot of LGBTQ plus leaders who carried different masks, different yes. personas through yes. their careers. And, and it's taken some of us, myself included, a while to realise that and a while to realise that actually we need to put the masks down. Yeah. And of course, you will know when you put the masks down, particularly if you spent a whole career making those masks, wearing those masks and being very good at playing yeah. those characters. When you put stuff down, that can be quite an unnerving experience. And something that um, that somebody else mentioned to me a little while ago is that it's incredibly unnerving and almost destabilising to take that mask off. But there is nothing more freeing than being your authentic self. And so once that mask is down and 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 kind of you're you're wearing your own individual mask that's yours, it's a very different world to be in, isn't it? 
Well, indeed, I mean, go maskless would be my. So, you know, going back to that point that I made earlier, which is, you know, if you are really going to find what you have in common, connect on a purposeful level, um, then you just need to be everything wants and all, I think. I think it's important to, um, as a leader, no matter whatever your level, whatever degree of seniority or experience you have, yeah, fundamentally, the art is making the connection, finding what matters, and then being able to communicate and connect on that basis. So I'd say go maskless um, and actually uh, understand that taking the, you know, understand that you might be wearing, you might have created some masks you might not be aware of. It can be unnerving to put them down, but actually it's so much more valuable to just simply be yourself and settle into being yourself. And actually, I would say that I was only able to do that um, when I um, I was able to sort of recognise it, but also um, the big turning point in my life was when I became a mum. Mm. And so, I, you know, kind of I realised uh, two things happened, actually. I had a, a good senior leader who provocatively said to me, we don't know who you are. OK. Yeah? And what was happening is I was always getting the label of being scary, and I think some of that was discriminatory because, you know, those of you who grew up in the 80s and 90s will know that usually the word that followed scary, particularly in relation to women with short hair and sensible shoes, was the word lesbian. Yes. So I think what people were really sort of saying was the word scary lesbian. And and you know what? I probably was. And um, and then I realised that was OK. <laughs> I'm just about to say <laughs> So, you know, kind of actually I've decided to make a virtue of being a scary lesbian. Um, but the um, but the the thing that was telling about that really was people saying we don't know who you are because what they saw and what they experienced every day in the office was me talking about delivery and outcomes and project plans and milestones and risks and everything, and they never heard me talk about what I did at the weekend. Yeah. And um, the big turning point coincided with being a mum, and you know becoming a mum, I had to come out all over again. Yes, of course. And actually that that personal milestone of becoming a mum and coming out all over again um, kind of just meant I had to have a bit of a rethink. And and you'll know, and those of you listening who've become parents will know that actually you don't have the energy to wear a mask. <laughs> you know, just um, kind of um, getting to dinner energy is, to- um, is, is an achievement on a day-to-day basis. So, so, so there was something about becoming a parent, which was pretty fundamental in my life. Mm. And that just kind of made me realise that there was something else more important. I think it was probably also create, you know, linked to my sense of purpose yes. and sense of self. And, and my identity evolved at that point. And I just also realised, actually, um, linked link to that, there's something also that happens, I think, when you get over 40 is you also lose your parents. So I started to lose my parents and you start to sort of realise, you kind of get these sort of crucible moments in terms of life and career and you start to realise actually the fear isn't quite as big as it was and life is short and other things matter. And so that w- those those were the kind of series of events that caused me to think about it's okay to put this mask down now yes. and just be myself. Yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you. And I can recall from my own experience some, you know, it really resonated with me what you were talking about, but also looking at my small children and thinking, I don't want them to grow up with those masks. 
wouldn't it be fantastic if they didn't have to worry about making those masks? Um, and and actually the, the kind of sense of purpose about being able to be authentic. And I think that's what you're saying is about, okay, I, I, I need to prioritise my energy onto the right things rather than onto creating a persona that isn't really me. Yeah, absolutely. You you summed it up beautifully, actually. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you kind of set it. You set it beautifully. You know that leads me to the last question, and it it links so nicely to you're talking about different generations and different ages and different experiences. Is that if you were talking now, and I'm sure you do as part of your job, but if you were talking specifically to younger people moving into their career and into the, the the workplace and they were LGBTQ plus, what advice would you give them based on everything that you've experienced? And you've touched on some of this already, but what would you give them as as um as kind of tips and, and tools? So I think there's probably two things I would say. The first thing would be um The fear is never as big as you think it is. Okay. And um, the and, and fear takes many forms, doesn't it? You know, fear of getting things wrong, fear of not fitting in, fear of being called out, fear of being exposed. Um, and I don't want to dim diminish that because I know mm. that um, it's real. Yeah. And I know it gives people and it gave me sleepless nights um in fact actually i lost my job once because of my sexuality a long time ago in my yeah. early in my career so i know there are real consequences to discrimination um but i really want to say you know what i would be saying to my younger self is actually the stuff you worried about isn't quite as big as you thought it was and also you have choices and you have power mm -hmm. to find allies and to find line managers and leaders who make you feel welcome yeah absolutely. and go find go find your tribe and go find the people who make you feel welcome and they don't have to be the same they just need to be interested and curious and supportive of you so mm -hmm. feel feel empowered and feel you know don't i guess what i'm saying is don't feel paralyzed by fear Yes. Understand you've got choices and you've actually you're working in a time where you're going to have the more power than most to exercise those choices. Yes. Um, so that would be thing number one. And then thing number two, I would probably say, teach me. <laughs> um, I think very powerful thing has happened to me in the last couple of months and that my um, daughter has come out as trans. Okay and has taught me about uh, my daughter who is now identifying as non-binary mm -hmm. as they them has talked to me about transitioning to non-binary and what that means mm -hmm. and why they've decided that's a important thing to do and I'm bowled over by their eloquence and wisdom yeah. and insight and I wish I'd have had that when I was 12 Yes. And it's caused me to rethink a number of things, actually, um, in terms of being a parent yeah. to a trans kid 
um, thinking about um, a whole set around gender definitions and pronouns that I hadn't properly appreciated. So I think there's something about making sure that you don't assume that just mm-hmm. because you've been around the block a bit, as I have, that you kind of understand all of the new and emerging ideas and lived experience. Yeah. And so I'd say to the people who are starting their careers, teach us something. Um, ask us what we need to learn. Because yes. I'm pretty damn sure we've got a lot to learn uh, still. And it doesn't, um, yeah, as I said right up front in this discussion, it doesn't stop um, mm. when you reach a senior level and it doesn't stop, you know, 30 years into your career. There's a lot more we've all got to learn. No, I think you're absolutely right that our learning is continuous, isn't it? And um, there is no point in our life where we stop needing to learn things. And I think as soon as we assume we learn it all, I think that's that's a big mistake, isn't it? Yeah. And I, well, I think we've we've all got a lot more to learn. And um, it isn't just about, um, you know, kind of what pronouns are or what other people um, need or expect in relation to their own orientations, gender or sexual orientations. We've actually got a lot to learn about ourselves because what I learned is I appreciated that, you know, kind of, again, I I go back to what we grew up with. You know, we grew up, there is a lot of internalised homophobia Mm -hmm. that we grew up with. We're seeing it with our trans colleagues and our trans family now that um, it's, you know, every day, the media, social conditioning, the social media, the discourses are going on to say, you're other, you don't fit, you're not normal, you're um, a threat. And all of those things we heard, I heard back in the 80s about, yes. LG, you know, LGB people. So I think I'm, I'm realising I've got a lot to learn to do to be a better ally to our trans family. I now have trans family. <laughs> Yes. And um, and and, you know, it's causing me to think. And, I, you know, my closing thought is my child said to me uh, in this whole discussion, you know, I think you're 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 a bit they them, too. <laughs> and, um, and I thought, you know, you're probably right. But I hadn't thought about that before. And so they promptly whipped my mobile phone at my um, hand and changed my pronouns on my Twitter profile. This is you see, no, nobody can use a mobile phone like a 12 year old. And changed my profiles to she, they. And I thought, you know what, you're probably right. And I hadn't thought about that before. So, yeah, so back back to the kind of uh, teacher something, because I think we've got a thing or two to learn. Jacqueline, thank you so much. That was a really powerful uh, conversation to have with you. And I really appreciate the time that you've taken. My pleasure.